welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today. Today we have a very fascinating topic. We'll talk about influence, mass influence, and war of mouth epidemic. And for that, we have a very special guest, who is Teresa de Grosbois. Teresa teaches corporations and entrepreneurs how to create massively successful word-of-mouth campaigns by tapping into the top leaders, promoters, networkers, and influencers in your industry. Teresa has your word-of-mouth epidemics to take three of her own books to best-seller status. She also has a 100% success rate with those she has mentored using the same process. Teresa teaches business and marketing courses and heads the International Evolutionary Business Council of Speakers and Influencers dedicated to teaching the principle of success. Hello, Teresa. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Oscar. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to have you here. I've been following you for some time and really what I read from you is really always inspiring and brings great ideas to me. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Teresa, could you tell us a bit more about yourself? Well, I would love to. You know, um, one of the things I really find fun is helping people really step into their their passion or their, um, I like to call it my, why doesn't somebody just, you know, a lot of us have things that we're, you know, vocally complaining about or wish someone would fix in the world. Um, and in fact, that might just be your calling to get out there and do that thing and make positive change in the world. So really what I love doing is teaching people, how do you influence those change? How do you actually create positive movement on the planet? Awesome. And as we talk a lot about public speaking here, could you tell us since when you are speaking in public? Well, you know, I've actually been doing a fair amount of training in public speaking my entire career. So that would be over 25 years. But I became a professional speaker mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. Um, and I'm, I got to say my life's been uh, pretty exciting and pretty wonderful ever since. It's really a lot of fun traveling the world, um, you know, speaking at big events and getting to meet people all over. Oh, the trips... Uh Sounds always cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm off to San Antonio, Texas in a couple of days. Oh. That'll be fun, yeah. Teresa, uh, about the, the main topic, could you tell us first your first thought of what has allowed you to, to realize your current level of success and, and influence? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think for me, it was really about finding my purpose and, and living it with a lot of passion, like really being enthusiastic about my life. And, you know, if I would talk about what that looked like for me, it was really, you know, the day that I recognized that I was actually, you know, particularly gifted at creating relationships and not just relationships, but very powerful relationships. And, you know, for me, that happened when I had a really big turning point in my life. I had what I would now affectionately call my really bad year, mm -hmm. you know, and in the space of about six months, I had had my business fail, my marriage had fallen apart, my uh, uh, business uh, had failed, my marriage had ended, and my father had passed away. Oh. 
so, I mean, there was just incredible amount of, you know, challenging things happening in my life. And the, and the only thing I really knew for sure was how incredibly unhappy I was. And I actually remember, you know, one day I'm, it's probably about midnight and I'm sitting in the bathroom of my new condo. It's my post-marriage breakup condo. And I'm surrounded by tools um, because, you know, I've always been a renovator and this bathroom is going to be my latest project, okay. you know. And the only thought in my mind is that it's me that needs renovating, oh. you know, you know, and I'm actually literally crying while I'm thinking about this because I'm looking back over the years of my life and I've had all the outward trappings of success, you know, the really great, uh, successful business, awesome six figure income, two kids, the nice house, the great car. And I can't honestly remember the last time I can look back and say I was truly happy. And so, you know, I really went on a journey of uh, discovering myself and renovating myself. I did every self-help course known to man. I got a lot more serious about my health and my yoga and my meditation. And slowly my life started to really shift. Within two years of that time, I had mm -hmm. uh, left my job working in uh, the oil and gas industry in Canada. I had uh, started a charity to build schools in Africa I had written three children's books to raise money for that charity, quickly put all three books on the bestseller lists. And that very quickly showed me two things. One, I really didn't like running a charity and I didn't like being a children's author. Okay. And uh, the second was that I had people coming at me in droves saying, Teresa, three bestsellers in eight months. How the heck did you do that? And would you show me how? And it was, um, you know, a period of really realizing that, you know, sometimes like fish don't get what water is, you know, mm -hmm. we often don't get what we're truly gifted at in life. And, uh, you know, I was sitting with one of my best friends having tea one day and she looked at me and she said, honey, you know, if God's sending you a flood of something, don't you think you should pay attention? <laughs> and it was another of those light bulb moments where I really realized, ah, this is what I'm meant to do. And so I rebranded myself and I started working with emerging thought leaders and I've never looked back. My life has been completely on fire ever since. Well, how, how many changes really? And that's, that's how you are, where you are now. And if we see about other people, what is the thing that people who achieve also enormous influence and success know that others don't? You know, I think the main thing is that they're just masters at relationship, mm. you know, and we often talk in business, how much intellectual capital do you have? How much mm -hmm. physical capital do you have? And we often don't think about what's your relationship capital, you know, how much investment do you have in the relationships you have? And that that's kind of a clinical way of talking about it, but it, it's really important to think about, are you investing in your relationships? And there's two types of relationships that are important. There's pardon me, your relationships with your following and your customers, mm -hmm. but there's also your relationships with influential people in your industry. You know, it's like Sean DePerrin says, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. Because mm -hmm. if influential people know, like, and trust you to a level that they would spread positive word of mouth about you, that's where influence comes from. Yeah, it's, it's not enough that you know them, but they... They know you, they remember you. <laughs> Are they going to talk about you is the bottom line. Mm, yes, yes, exactly. And I know you are getting ready with a, with a book. I already saw the, the cover on, I think, on your website. 
Nice. On yeah. the topic of mass <laughs> influence, what inspired you to, to write this book? You know, I think the reason I wrote the book, because I saw so many people out there making the same mistakes I had make, made in terms of really trying to, you know, get out there and do, do something big in the world and meet influential people and connect with influential people and become influential themselves. You know, one of the reasons I first started studying influence was because I had none. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I grew up in Northern Canada, the youngest of a very large family. You know, my earliest attempts at influence would be like me sitting, standing on a chair, shouting things at my mother, like, mother, wake up, read me green eggs and ham, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, partner that with a lot of us learn certain things when we first start networking in business. And it's not those things, not that those things aren't valid in networking, but it's almost like that's a different sport. It's like networking is the sport of badminton. And influential people play by a whole different rule book. Mm. It's like their sport is hockey. And if you come onto the hockey rink with a badminton racket and start wondering why all these people are shooting pucks at you, you're <laughs> going to look foolish pretty quick, right? And so I really was inspired to write this book because I wanted other people to see that it's actually quite simple and quite easy to not only connect with influential people, but become influential yourself. But you just got to recognize that there's a different rule book There's a different set of etiquette and a different way of being for influential people. And it's like anything else in business. You just got to learn it. And nobody teaches you that usually. Yeah, exactly. And this is your, your first business book, right? Because your first book has been for children. It's Yeah, I know. That's so fun. I've been teaching business for years, but I've never actually written a book about what I teach. So I'm pretty excited about that. Wow. It might be really full of wisdom for many years. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and tell me, what is the, in the cover you have some matches, right? Yeah. What is the idea behind? Well, you know, the idea is when you can spark a good idea, it'll catch like wildfire, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so one match lights another and on down uh -huh. the line. Great. You talk about the habits that people who are, consistently good at generating influence show. Can you share a few of these habits to us? Oh, I'd love to. You know, I think one of the biggest ones, and, um, you know, in my book, this is actually habit three, but it's the one I see most people getting stopped on. So I'll deal with it right up front right now, which is, you know, solve a big problem for the world. Mm. You know, influencers don't play small. And the bigger the problem you solve for others, the easier it will be to have other people talk about your work and generate influence around what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, if you think about it, people like uh, Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr., they stood in the biggest problems going on mm -hmm. on the planet at the time. And, you know, when you have the courage to say, my life is about the solution to this really big thing, it's far easier to have a lot of people drawn to you and a lot of people wanting to help you. You know, the biggest mistake I see Uh, entrepreneurs and business professionals making in this realm is what I would aff affectionately call practicing at business. You know, I'll work on this little small thing that nobody mm -hmm. really cares about so that I can learn the, the habits of owning a business or I can learn how to be a effective professional. And uh, the challenge is if nobody cares about the problem you're solving, nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to want to buy anything uh, from you because nobody cares. 
So stand in the biggest problem you can find and make mm -hmm. it as specific as you can find it because that's one of the keys. I like to say the problem you solve for the world is the spark that lights the wildfire epidemic around you, right? And big spark catches easy. Mm. Oh, that's an excellent metaphor. And, and that's correct. That Yeah, often you see... Uh, people solving so small problems, right? So it uh, affects few people, and that's that's why there will be few followers. There will not be uh, this big spark you talk about. Yeah. You you mentioned also a term interesting one. This uh, the Rolodex. So how, how, <laughs> how do you the get golden this? Rolodex? Yeah, yes. I'm showing my age because nobody actually has a Rolodex anymore. <laughs> but I think people still know what they are, though, right? And you know. Really, here's how you get the golden Rolodex of top influencers mm. in your industry. Become a hub of influential mm. people, right? So do something that draws the influential people together. You know, what you're doing right now, Oscar, is a great example of that. You have an awesome, awesome show that's well listened Thank to. You. you bring influential people from all over the world to be on your show. I love it. I would come on your show any day of the week. I think it's fabulous what you're doing. And, and you're drawing influential people together. Mm -hmm. So when you start to become a hub, when you start to become someone who holds up other influencers and shows their work to the world, maybe you host a conference, maybe you start a networking group, um, maybe you have a really influential blog where you routinely post awesome articles from other influential people and sh you know tell other people come read their stuff but any activity that has you becoming a hub builds powerful connection between you and those other influencers and when highly influential people start sending you that energy back and start mm. um talking about your work because they're grateful and they like you and they want to help you that's when you start building a massive following of your own and that's the golden rolodex Golden Rolodex is being a hub. <laughs> yeah, <short>. absolutely. <laughs> and what's the biggest mistake you see people, that people make in building relationships with influencers? You know, I would have to say the biggest mistake I've seen, I see people make is what I would affectionately call the premature ask. You mm -hmm. know, people always say, the premature what? <laughs> But, you know, the premature ask is like the equivalent of you've just moved into a new apartment or suite and the neighbor comes by and the first thing they say is, oh, I love that stereo. I can't wait to borrow that one for my next oh. party. <laughs> you know, and you're immediately rolling your eyes back in your head going, oh, my gosh, who did I move in next door to? <laughs> right. And people do this to influencers all the time. You'll, you'll, you'll often see it. You'll be at a big networking event and maybe there's a really famous speaker at the front of the stage and the speaker comes off the stage and there's a lineup of people there waiting to ask for something. Oh, you just mentioned so-and-so. Can you connect them to me? Can you endorse my book? <laughs> you know, here's a copy of my CD. I'd love it if you'd listen to my CD. You know, the inference being, will you give my work a shout out, right? And it, it's funny because you might think giving an influential person a book or giving them a CD as a gift, it's really not. It's a form of premature ask. It's almost like coming over to the neighbor's house and saying, you're going to love my kids. You're so going to enjoy babysitting them. You know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's true. The person might love your kids and they might enjoy babysitting them. But at that point in time, 
that's a premature ask because there's no relationship Mm. built and it's inappropriate to ask for that in that moment, right? So offering to buy an influential person a coffee or lunch is like a form of premature ask because I promise you an hour of their time giving you ideas and coaching you and helping you is not worth the $5 coffee that you just bought Mm -hmm. them, right? So when you want to meet influential people, you don't want to ask, you want to offer first, right? You meet Mm -hmm. the new neighbor. Uh, You know, I don't know what they do where you're from, Oscar, but here, you know, they might bring them a really beautiful apple pie or a lasagna, but you don't, uh, you don't ask for something the minute you meet the new neighbor. What do they do in Helsinki? I'm not even sure. <laughs> Actually, nothing happens. There are no interactions here. <laughs> There's no interactions. Everybody's really shy. Isn't that fun? Well, you have to start something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when you want to meet influential people, the best thing you can do is offer first. Mm-hmm. Because that will really have you um, creating phenomenal relationships so you know offer to interview them on your blog talk radio show offer to post their content on their blog offer to reshare their stuff on social media you might even know someone who's got a big event that you could recommend them for a speaker as or host an event yourself those are all the equivalent of your apple pie and better than the apple pie for the influencers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh... yeah, it's so fun. I you know I talk about apple pie so much. <laughs> I a couple times I've showed up at big events and uh, afterwards they thanked me by giving me a pie. <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> you talk too much about apple pie. Yeah. I know. I really do. Your I metaphors. Start talking about <laughs> about healthy things instead, like you know, protein shakes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yes, it's an excellent piece of advice what you have uh, answered me. Yeah, the the premature ask. And you talk about how to become a top authority in your field. So what's the secret to that? Well, you know, a really big part of becoming a top authority in your field is getting really intentional about who you connect with. And, and really starting, and I don't mean inauthentic, okay? Mm. You know, because it's really important. Influential people are highly authentic. And, you know, let me just talk about authenticity for a moment because mm-hmm. there's a lot of different definitions of authenticity out there. Here's mine. Mm-hmm. Authenticity is when your inner voice is saying the same thing as your outer voice, mm. right? So if you're saying, oh, I got to meet this person because they're really famous, but I really don't like their work, <laughs> then that's going to show up in who you're being as you meet them, right? So you want, first, first and foremost, you always want to pick influential people that you really do authentically like and admire mm-hmm. because otherwise you've got an authenticity problem. But then you also want to think about, you know, who's realistic for you to meet right now, mm-hmm. Right. You don't don't set your sights on meeting Oprah Winfrey or Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> or the Pope as the first influencers you meet. Now, it's sure. not not that it's not a bad idea to have it as one of your goals that you might meet those people. But you start with influential people that are more accessible to you, mm-hmm. right? So I, I actually have an exercise your listeners can do if you like. I can walk them through a quick exercise. Would you like me to do that, Oscar? Sure. Okay, perfect. Take out a quick piece of paper, or if you happen to be listening to us and you're not somewhere where you can write, that's fine. Just do this in your head. But on the side of the piece of paper, make a list one to five down the left-hand side. And write the names of five influential people 
that if they were to endorse you or endorse mm-hmm. your work actually could make a significant difference for you in business. Okay. So you might write the names of like, let's say you were in a health business, you might write the name of a local health reporter, mm-hmm. or you might write the name of a journalist for the local newspaper, or you might write someone who has an influential blog or a blog talk radio show, uh, or maybe someone who writes, uh, runs a local networking group. Now, notice if somebody on your list is really iconic. If they are, put them at the bottom of the list, like just reorder your list, mm-hmm. okay? And basically number the list so that the most accessible people to you are at the top of the list and, and the ones that might be a little bit harder for you to meet would be at the bottom of the list. So here's the secret. Meeting the people at the bottom of the list is nothing more than starting with building relationship with people at the top of the list and working your way down the list. Because influential people know other influential people. They will connect you once they get that you're not going to be weird if they introduce you to other influential people. So, I mean, this is one of the reasons I wrote this book, because I wanted people to get the etiquette of how influencers play with, because it's very easy to get influential people to introduce you to other influencers, as long as they're confident that you know what to do when you get there. If they think you're going to be in there making premature asks or Mm -hmm. doing other inappropriate things that are outside the realm of etiquette for influential people, then they will not connect you until they're confident that you can handle it. But it's very, very simple. Influential people give influence to other influential people all the time. In fact, that's the main currency that influential people build relationship with. (laughs) So when you start meeting the folks at the top of your list, they're going to start introducing you to the people further down. In fact, they'll probably start introducing you to influential people you didn't even know about that can really yes. help you. That's an excellent exercise. Teresa, could you share with us your favorite quotation? I would love to. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite is actually a Gandhi quote, and it's one that's not as often quoted of his, huh? but um, it really speaks to me. It is in action not the fruit of action. Sorry, it's the action, not the fruit of the action that's important. You have to do the right thing. It may not be in your power, may not be in your time, that there'll be any fruit. But that doesn't mean you stop doing the right thing. You may never know what results come from your action. But if you do nothing, there will be no result. That's a Gandhi quote. And my personal version of that is uh-huh. living the life of your dreams takes action. Otherwise, you're just dreaming. <laughs> oh, thanks. Two quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Could you also recommend us one book that has inspired you? I think our listeners should read it. You know, I think one of the best books on this topic is Bob Berg's book, The Go-Giver. Um, the Go-Giver is actually written, it's almost like a parable. It's actually in story form, but it illustrates exquisitely that givers gain. And so, you know, if you take one habit out of this uh, interview away, and only one, take away that you should gift influence to other people at every opportunity. Just go and start giving influence to others. Endorse, share their work, connect them help other people who are doing good work in the world become influential because in the giving you will become influential yourself. And the go giver is one of the best books that I've ever read that illustrates this. So talks also about influence. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. 
Sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's definitely worth picking up. And Teresa, could you now share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend to us doing it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? I would love to. You know, I, I let me give you the 30-day challenge. Okay. <laughs> and uh, if, if you want, when you buy my book, there's uh, actually a free online program that comes with the book that will support you in doing these exercises. But start it regardless. So here's the 30-day challenge. For the next 30 days, gift out influence mm -hmm. 30 times. So find someone on your list that you were wanting to build relationship with and every day gift influence to one of those people in some way. So you can endorse them on LinkedIn. You mm -hmm. can share their work on your Facebook. You can repost their stuff to your blog. Maybe connect them with another influential mm -hmm. person and really big them up to that other influential person. But get in the daily routine of gifting out influence at least once a day and see where you're at in 30 days. I think you'll be amazed. A 30-day routine based on your um, on the list of the exercise, right? The five persons. Yeah. Oh, that's an excellent uh, routine to shine uh, and become more influencer. Well, thank yeah, you. I think you'll be amazed where that'll have you in 30 days. If you just make the commitment and do it, it takes two minutes a day. And you said that it's also that's going to be as a software or application part of your book? Yeah, we'll also have an online, um, mm -hmm. um, like automatic emails oh, yeah. that you get every day just to give you little suggestions and tips that come with the book when you buy the book. Sounds excellent. Uh, thank you very much, Teresa. It was a fascinating interview with you. Thank you for sharing all these um, very unique topics about influence, all your secrets, all your personal stories. Thank you for inspiring, inspiring us, inspiring all the people all around the world. Could you finally tell us uh, how people can learn more about you, follow you? Yeah, if you're interested in pre-ordering the book, you can go to our website. It's called massinfluencethebook.com. So M-A-S-S-I-N-F-L-U-E-N-C-E, the book, T-H-E-B-O-O-K.com. Mass influence the book. That's right. And you're and you're also available on. What's the other way to? Oh, and to you can me? also connect with me on Facebook if you like. I'm mm -hmm. Teresa Grobo on Facebook. Let me spell that for you because nobody gets that. It's T E R E S A D E G R O S B O I S. Excellent. Thank you very much, Teresa. It was awesome talking with you, and all the best. It was fabulous to be here with you, Oscar. Thank you. Thanks to you. Bye-bye. Take care. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.